0: Hey guys, it's Allie. Welcome back to Infertile Life, the podcast. This is episode 256 called Kristen. All right, guys. So I have another Fertility Rally member on my show today. I love talking to all of our Rally fam on this show because everybody's story is so different. And today it is Kristen Thompson. She is also on IG at Financial Fertilization, which is a new handle that she has now. She describes herself as a girl learning to love her body and yoga enthusiast. She's an IVF warrior, and she's a new IVF mama. And she's going to tell us her whole family building story today. So she's going to talk a lot about, which I love, her relationship with her husband and how it was really hard at times, which she and I have in common. As you guys know, if you've heard my story, she's going to talk about the depression of going through infertility and not being able to have a baby. She's a very extroverted person, as you'll see. She's really entertaining to talk to, but there were times when she just didn't want to get out of bed or see friends. You know, she talks about therapy and going on medication and self care, unexplained infertility, IUI. And then what happened when she finally, finally had her little baby girl? So Kristen, thank you so much for doing this. Without further ado, this is Kristen's Infertility Story. Oh my gosh, Kristen. Hi, friend. How are you?
1: I am doing well.
0: Good. I've actually met you in person, so I feel like we are like family at this yeah, point. Yeah,
1: I know. Um, I know, and I felt really—I don't know if you picked up on it, but I felt really lame because obviously I've been listening to the podcast, so I was like, kind of fangirling. Like I was like, oh my gosh, Allie's right there, and then uh, there, and then there's Blair. I really want.
0: <laughs> oh God! Well, it's just me. You know that now, so. <laughs> Anyway, before we start recording, you mentioned why you wanted to do this podcast. So if you can tell us, well, let's start there because I think you have a really cool reason.
1: Oh, thanks. Um, Yeah. So when I started going through this, I felt like I was the only one. And so my own processing included I need to start talking about it. The more I talked about it, the more I found out I wasn't alone. And then the more I found I wasn't alone, the more I was wondering why why aren't we talking about this? So, it's become my passion to make this more of a conversation for women to feel comfortable, women's health to be explored. And then I just want to help because I also had no I, I had no clue. I knew nothing. Mm-hmm. So that's also why it was important to me to get started. I love
0: that. So, have you always wanted to have kids?
1: No, actually. I, when I was younger, there was a moment when I say younger, I'm probably not a teenager. There was yep. a moment where I was like, I don't think I ever want kids because I was not really a babysitter or anything mm-hmm. like that. And then truthfully, it was meeting my husband and just thinking about, I know that's very sweet. But it's true. It was, it was me and my husband just thinking about what, what do I see for my life and, and envision when, when I thought. I would love to, to do that with someone. Yeah. That's so cool. How did you guys meet? Through a through a mutual friend, very we we just missed the phase of apps. Okay. I had down I went to DC and a friend had Tinder. And I was like, what are you doing? You're gonna be murdered. Um yeah. <laughs> and, and by the time I got back to St. Louis, uh, it was making its way there. I had just downloaded it and met him at a friend's birthday party like later that week. And yeah, so never explored. <laughs>
0: So what was it about him that made you start to envision a future? And when did you guys start talking about family building?
1: Yeah, I will first, I'll answer the second part of family building first, because also, as anyone who's listening, who's been in their 20s knows, dating can be uh, like a dumpster fire. <laughs> totally. And, yeah, so, so I actually, at some point early on, knew, hey, these are the things that are important to me. And if you're not into that, I'm not gonna. And I wanted someone open to kids. So that conversation came up early because I I wanted to be open. But then, yeah, with, with him, our first date, I always say it was the best first date of my life. And- Oh,
0: why? What did you guys do?
1: I don't, we didn't do anything that special, but it was just specifically- like we went to like we went to dinner and walked around, not even dinner, just like drinks, got some snacks, walked around a part of town that I really like in St. Louis. But honestly, it was the conversation. Not only was he playing along with me asking the questions like what animal would you be? Because, again, I'm, I'm done with doing dates. But also <laughs> when we had some deeper dialogue, he was saying things. that's like that's exactly how I feel about that topic. But there's no way you would know that. And we were just in sync.
0: Oh, wow. Um, That's so cool when you have that instant connection with somebody,
1: yeah, yeah. And so I'm losing my train of thought on the first
0: best first date and then family building,
1: oh, yeah, yeah. so so, so best first date. So, so we had a conversation early, open to it. And then I guess should I just get right into it about what happened with the family building?
0: Yeah, sure. Well, yeah. first of all, before we get into that, what did you know about? fertility and getting pregnant and staying pregnant and all that stuff you know this you know this because you listen to the show it's a theme that a lot of people my generation your age you know even younger don't know much you know we're always just taught don't get pregnant
1: oh for sure so that that relates to our story because I didn't know a damn thing in fact I felt so is that okay that I'm saying damn I, I might there's <laughs> fuck in the
0: title, Kristen.
1: <laughs> oh, right, duh. Um that, that shows how immune I am to that word. I um, yeah, desensitized. Um not a damn thing. And in fact, I felt so failed because I don't know if you feel this way, but from health class, I could tell you everything about how and why a man gets an erection and like the blood going through and all this. So I can tell you everything. Um, all I could have told you was that. I have a period and if I'm not having it, I might be pregnant. Yep. Like I I don't think I could have said much more than that. Unfortunately. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's pretty fucked up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so that relates to our journey because. Yeah. So yeah. What happened when you guys started to try? Let's, yeah, go, let's jump so, into that. Yeah. So that, so when we were dating and on the same page, we'd always said, um, we want kids one day. If it doesn't, if it doesn't happen easily, we'll adopt whatever. Didn't think twice about it. That's that. We, I wanted to be married before we even started thinking about kids. So our two year anniversary, and I'm approaching my thirties. I'm going to turn 30 was February, 2020. <laughs> and we had said, we're not going to try for kids. The world is our oyster. I had really started doing well with work and we had a lot of big trips planned that year. So we're like, nah, we'll push this off a year. Well, then March of 2020 happened. <laughs> and so it it's, what better time to to take time off from, from drinking, from going out, from all mm-hmm. this stuff that's happening? Right. And then,
0: the lockdown. And
1: then I, yeah. And then I will add in another um, thing that's ignited my passion. Also, my um, health insurance made a change with my birth control. So I went to stock up on things like everyone did. And it went from free to they wanted me to pay maybe like $400 for something that I was going to have to pick up every month.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. F no. And then of course,
0: um, <laughs> no. Yeah. And then of not course, happening.
1: Yeah. An insurance guy way above his pay grade was like explaining things to me and being very helpful. But at the end of the day it was like, this, this is going to be in our future. I'm not going to adjust to a new birth control or all that. We're just, we just pulled the goalie. So that begins the trying quote unquote time was we just were like, we're just not, not going to stop it. And as far as I knew, that's all you need to do, right? Totally. Once that's you that, stop. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah, yeah. it's, once it's I, so once easy. I, yes, that's it. Once I stop using condoms and birth control, you have a baby. Yeah,
0: that's it. Exactly. Apparently, okay. even
1: according to friends, I might still <laughs> have a baby with a condom. So yeah, this is <laughs> right.
0: So uh, I feel like that's not what happened, though, right?
1: Not at all. Not at <laughs> what all. What happened? Uh, and like, begins the like intro, the horror music, the descent. So yeah. Totally. Um,
0: I love you, Krista. I, I'm already like this is so fun. I love
1: talking to you. Yeah. Um, so so that like I said, March pulled the goalie, business as usual. We're actually making the best pandemic, we're we're actually doing pretty okay just being with each other, I even mean, though I'm a big extrovert. Like it was, it was fine. I think what happened towards the end of the summer of 2020 is that maybe my birth control fully left my system. And what I mean by that is again, just trying to educate women, everything out there. I was without the birth control, still pretty regular. And then it was around the end of the summer when not only had we not gotten pregnant and I kind of noticed that my birth control started being all over the place. I started being emotional, hormonal. It was just a shit show. Mm -hmm. Um, But also we had had, because it was all over the place, we had had some late periods and some scares where we thought maybe I was pregnant I was not, it eventually came. And that's when it really sunk into us. Like we had a conversation and, and he was like, Yeah, I'm a little disappointed too. Mm. So that's when I started actually buying the ovulation test. And that's when your your friends start telling you the few things of like, Oh, and, and try this and drink this vitamin. And right. Do, yeah, that's when you Did you have
0: any friends who had gone through infertility or having a hard time or not that I knew marriage or anything? Okay.
1: Not that I knew of at all. No, no one. Um, in fact, I was just watching one by one more uh people having their pandemic baby well pregnant pandemic pregnancies at that time and again wasn't too alarmed though but this is I think important to my story once we really were we were doing the ovulation sticks hey I'm ovulating let's have sex which is the least sexy thing that's when he also started to have some performance anxiety for lack of better words yeah. And that's when so common. Y- yeah. And that's when it started to be a real emotional strain on us. And mm-hmm. by January 2020, um, at some point in there, my, I appreciate my doctor. Finally, you could go to doctors. I went from U- um, 2021. No, actually, this is the end of 2020. And the- oh, okay. The- okay.
0: Gotcha.
1: I, I went to my OBGYN and she said. Hey, get through the holidays. Don't worry about it. But come January. So I'm still ahead of 12 months of waiting that they say, you know, they say you got to wait 12 months. And my OBGYN was actually very cool and didn't think that. Um, She said, come January, after your period, you come in, we'll test your progesterone. I always say this word wrong, progesterone. Progesterone, yeah. We'll test that for me and we'll test his sperm. Okay. Um, So I, I appreciate that she said that. That gave me some relief. And, and we did that, but by January 6th of 2020, I remember because I was watching people attack the Capitol for what felt like the right to be racist. That's my mm-hmm. own opinion. Um, <laughs> going veering off. Um, by that time, I realized I was depressed.
0: Yeah. Okay. So um, what did what did that look like for you? The depression?
1: Yeah. So remember, I'm an extrovert. And yeah. we, in 2021, we're realizing... Oh, we still are going to be in this. And my husband and I, if we're having intimacy, it's so regimented and usually ends in uncomfortable us laying apart from each other because we didn't do what we were seeking to do. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not seeing anyone. And so what was starting to happen. So those are the causations. What was starting to happen for me what it looked like for me was um I'm a morning person I did not want to get out of bed I was very uninterested in any social activities even though I knew I needed the social activity it was mm-hmm. very it was such a trial and strain to do it and and yeah I just I just wasn't really interested in much and so I went for a walk again forcing myself went for a walk with a friend who is a psychiatrist or psychologist, but she has a background in this and start talking to her. And she was like, I think you're having like an episode of uh, depression. And that is going to make it even harder to conceive. Mm. And so I made it a focus to just focus on me and um, found a virtual therapist. And I remembered when I had an early appointment with her, just being like, I I don't care about anything, which, which, which I, I care about everything. (laughs) I am (laughs) am Very passionate. Right. I didn't even think anything of me seeing it, but I was just like, I don't care about this. I don't care about that. I really don't even care about talking to you right now. And and that hit me. I was depressed. So that was our first time out on truly, even though we did get the test done and my, my hormone levels were normal. His sperm was normal. We did say, we're going to take a break from formally thinking about this because I needed to get myself together. So that was mm-hmm. the start of it's 2021. The start of it's there's something going on.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And, and the depression, I'm glad that you talked about that because I felt that way too. You know, it's, it's takes such an emotional toll Yeah. when you're going through trying to get pregnant and not being yeah. able to, or getting pregnant, having losses, you know, whatever your journey may be. It's just yeah. when you want to have a baby and you, it is, one of the hardest things in the whole entire world. So I think it's great to, you know, as we said, normalize the conversation around this and say that it's okay to feel that way. And there's people out there to talk to that can help you and all that stuff. So, okay. So what happened next?
1: Yeah. So I had, at my friend's suggestion, put just a a random date, like in like a Google calendar or somewhere hidden in a paper counter, somewhere of a, just like, are you ready? Kind of my note to myself because I didn't want to be like regimented. I will start again at this time. So
0: oh, that's yeah. smart. So almost like a little, like a little heads up to yourself. That like, yeah, yeah. Not too much like, pressure, but like, like pressure. Yeah. That yeah. was
1: her suggestion. Cause she had pointed out, she's like, because even once you start to feel better, you're gonna want to enjoy being better before mm-hmm. you even still um so I so I had done that at her suggestion. And um, so now we're into summer again. And by this point it has been over a year, um, and still nothing. And we're, and we're still sleeping together. It did, it did relieve some pressure and, uh, still nothing. So this it's at this point when we go back to our OBGYN and she's like, yeah, that's, there's some, that's, that's not how it should be. Okay. So she then suggested, she gave me three referrals, um, to fertility clinics. And I appreciate greatly how transparent she was of this person will do this. This person believes in, I don't know how to explain it. I don't know if it was holistic, but there was a religious element to it. So this person, she said, so if you have issues, this person might not help you then mm. with the treatment. Like she was very okay. transparent about everything. Yeah, um, that's
0: good. So you can choose yeah. the right person for you guys.
1: Exactly. And um, and we set up two consult, we, we eliminate that one person and we set up two consultations um with people. And the first place, Oh my gosh. I mean, you got to find humor in this stuff sometimes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And the first place, so I called to book it and uh, I'm on the phone and she's getting my intake information. And I can tell that she's maybe not talking to me anymore. And so I'm like, I'm sorry, are you you busy? And she comes back to the phone. She's like, sorry about that. There is some people just don't respect that I'm on the phone. And she just starts Talking crap about everyone who she works with. To me. Oh, God. And yes, and she's like, and she's like, oh, and so and so, the doctor, who was the doctor I was trying to book with, she was like, she's no better. She doesn't respect when I'm like doing something else. And I'm like, being the person I am, I was like, yeah, I get it, man. People need to respect your situation. But at the same time, in the back of my mind, I'm like, I don't think I need this energy for No, God, no. Topic. And then she was so caught up in her story that. She, we agreed on a time and then she didn't book it for the right time.
0: Oh God. So it was so all about
1: I, her. Oh God. Yeah. So, Next. I was, <laughs> so what I wanted to do before I went on a trip, I ended up doing in a rental car driving somewhere. It was a mess. We didn't go with that clinic. Um, Trust your gut, everyone. Like we didn't go with that. I was like, this is too intensive a situation for me to mess with that stakes are too high it's too much yeah and the other place we had a consultation not only was it very informative but they also were like so let's go ahead. if you want to move forward we can go ahead and book and even that mindset I was all about so went ahead and booked I was feeling better feeling less depressed mm-hmm. um, at this point I see a therapist I'm and I do a lot of working out things for myself mm-hmm not on medication. I bring this up because I soon would go on medication, and I I think all those things are hard for people too. I didn't have a hard time talking about seeing a therapist because I felt like if I needed help with losing weight, I would see a trainer. You know, like you just get help. Mm-hmm. But you there's know, a I, stigma. Yeah. Yeah, I did have to get over the hurdle of, of what comes next. But um, so we see the clinic. It's now fall. And we get back the results of um, unexplained infertility, which is Mm. bittersweet.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. Explain why you think it's bittersweet.
1: It's um, There's nothing wrong, which I don't think you want anything wrong. But at the same time, it's like, where do you go from here?
0: Yeah, exactly. There's no clear path. And there's no like, well, here's the issue. And here's how to tackle it. Yeah.
1: At this point, because I had started to discuss just being depressed openly in an effort to help me not be depressed. I legitimately reached out to friends and said, Hey, like it, check on me, invite me out. Mm-hmm. I need to be doing things. Um, I started to only, only, only with a close group of friends and my mom and my parents talk about that. We're also trying to conceive. And it was at that right. point when I did find one of my friends said, Hey, you should look at this girl. We went to high school with post. She's had a baby." And how she's describing it, it sounds like she might have gone through some stuff that you went through. Okay. Her and I connected, and that was my first taste of oh, there are more people going through this. And I'm glad that she and I talked because we talked before I got the unexplained diagnosis. Mm-hmm. So she educated me on IUI versus IVF, which I had no idea. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought you would have had to go straight into IVF, which from what you hear sounds like a lot. Mm-hmm. And she talked to me about that. She talked to me about the various, um, hormonal drugs they might offer. So that was a very good prep before that doctor conversation. So I went into getting the diagnosis with a few questions on what my options would be. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay. So what did they say? Like, what was going to be the plan?
1: Um, so given that, that I had unexplained that we didn't have any poor hormonal levels or anything, I did ask about, and they talked to me about IUI versus IVF, and they didn't think that there was any reason to go straight to IVF. Um, again, from what I knew, I didn't think so either. I'm, I'm People can't see my face, but I'm saying this very skeptically because knowing what right. I know now, um, right, <laughs> it's, all, right, it's right. all a mess, but, but that was the plan. Which one do you want to start? Um, and then, oh God, and then nothing's free. So we already have paid for a few tests here and there.
0: And you didn't have any insurance coverage on any of this?
1: No. Um, mm-hmm. Not only did we not have insurance coverage, um, some people might think that's just the result of me picking a poor plan. But more so, um, I actually heard Missouri is one of the states that's not very good about covering this kind of stuff. So it's, it's mm-hmm. pretty common to not have coverage. So we've already paid for a few tests here and there. So yeah, so they they were ready to go. I liked the idea of having a plan. was a little bit overwhelmed by what's next. And then uh, asked for... Asked for the prices. Um, so they sent me an email right. on IUI versus IVF. And uh, we decided we would go IUI. And we did one round of IUI before the end of the year. So what I didn't realize is that there's still just as much monitoring and stuff you need with IUI. Mm-hmm. So what I thought would be a way to get some help, but least invasive still was a huge disruptor mm-hmm. um, as you, as you probably know, anyone who's started or, or thinks about it wants to know um, again, the good thing is because my hormone levels were pretty normal. I didn't have to take too much extra medications so at this point. I'm not doing any shots. I'm doing just oral letrozole is what I chose. Mm-hmm. I heard a lot of, I heard, I heard from my friend. Uh, about how Clomid was not great for her, made her kind of crazy. Um, and then the do- and I asked about that with the doctors, and they said the same thing. Clomid's kind of a really intense one. So took Letrozole. You yeah. have all the appointments, all the stuff. We are now about to. We had we did the trigger shot, so that was one shot. But again, not mm-hmm. too bad. Mm-hmm. It's the morning that we're supposed to do this. Okay. And my husband comes downstairs. And he doesn't think he can give a sample. Mm. It's not a doesn't want to. Just yeah. remember we had the performance anxiety thing. Totally. Yes. I'm I'm I obviously am still processing that. I'm getting emotional about all of that. Um yeah. so we It's we so went.
0: hard. It's so yeah. hard. There's so much pressure.
1: Yeah. So as well yeah. as I didn't fault him. It was uh, but I, I didn't know what to do because it's like, it's, it's not going to help this person at all to stress them out or make them feel bad. That's not going to help this. So I was just motivating, Like, okay, we still have time. Cause we did still have time at the time. Then when, you know, nothing still was happening, I was like, okay, well, let's at least get there and maybe, you know, um, cause I, cause I needed to do some stuff too. So we get there and he was somewhere in, in a, like, like I, I dropped him off. I was like, you go inside and I'll park. And he was somewhere in a bathroom somewhere in the facility. And I went, I went in and, and checked in and I said, can I talk to the nurse? And they took me to the back. And when I sat down on the couch, I just started crying. Totally started crying saying like, he's here and we're here, but we haven't given like how much time do we really have, you know? And, and, and they were, I mean, they're training us. They were so, so sweet. And so like, Hey, you actually, do you still have time and this and this and, and, and gave me a, A real actual deadline. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, she also just told me the truth, which is like, and, and really statistically, like, this is no, which is wild. This, and by the this, the IUI that we chose to do was that he was going to give a sample and they were going to insert that into me. And she was like, it's really not that different success rate as timed intercourse as in if we went home and had sex Mm -hmm. Uh, because again, I, my hormone levels and I'm still ready, but that was our biggest issue. So I felt good knowing the data, but still was like, I don't know if that's going to work. At some point I texted him to give him some relief and said, Hey, they said, we do still have time trying to make him feel more comfortable. Right. Exactly. Again, I don't know where he is in the hospital, but somewhere he's in sub bathroom somewhere Then at some point I was like, Hey, why don't you just take a beat? I got to say, why don't you just take a beat? We'll go get breakfast. And when we were, and when he came back and we went to go get breakfast, by the way, while I was sitting in the waiting room, waiting for him, this was my first connecting with what becomes your warrior sisters. Like anyone who's gone through this, you guys are just different. I remember looking up at this, this woman had checked in while I was waiting and she was like, Hey, my medication arrived, but it was all unthawed mm-hmm. and she sat down in front of me and I looked at her and I was like, I can't imagine that happening. There's already a lot to do here. I can't imagine that. And I hadn't even, I didn't even know what she's talking about. I had medication like that yet. Right. But I just said that to her and she, and she just like nodded and smiled at me. And I just felt this, like, this is so hard and only people who are in it can get it. Um,
0: totally. This episode is brought to you by Vegamore. I'm always trying to do right by my body. So when it comes to my hair and scalp health, finding a product that actually works and is made with clean ingredients always seems like a trade-off. But with Vegamore, I get products that are made with clean ingredients and give me visibly healthy hair and scalp. With Vegamore, I am able to have noticeably thicker, fuller, shinier, longer hair, all without the harsh ingredients. Every cute pink bottle of Vegamore products are 100% cruelty-free, and are never formulated with potentially harmful chemicals like parabens or hormones. Okay, so I got my box of Vegamore products, and I've been using them all for the past month. The shampoo, the conditioner, the grow hair serum, the hair foam, the eyelash serum, the eyebrow serum. It's been about a month, like I said, and my hair really does feel stronger and thicker. Everything looks better. And the shampoo in particular, I have to say, smells really good. The key is consistency in your routine for your most beautiful, healthy looking hair. I use Vegamore Grow Hair Serum daily, and my hair and scalp are feeling better than ever. Here's another cool thing. Vegamore has these great value kits like the Grow Essentials Kit, where you get to try more than one amazing product at a time at great savings. So when you sign up for a monthly subscription, you save more and you never run low on the products that you need. And fun fact, guys, Vegamore sells one bottle of the Grow Hair Serum every 15 seconds on their website. That's how good this stuff is. So here is the deal, my beautiful listeners. For a limited time, you can get 20% off your first order by going to vegamore.com slash infertileaf and using code AF at checkout. That's V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R.com slash infertileaf, code infertileaf to save 20% on your first order. dot com slash infertile AF. Code infertile AF. Thanks, Vegamore.
1: Anyway, then my husband came. We went to breakfast. When we got to the restaurant, something hit me about the timing. I called them back, and I said, here's where we are. How much time do we have left now? And they were like, I mean, you would have to come back now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I knew that that wasn't, that wasn't going to happen. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I took a moment to then also just cry. (laughs) Yeah. And then I, we went, we, we then went home. I didn't say any of this to him. It just wasn't going to help. Yeah. We then went home after breakfast and, um, we were just sitting on the couch watching daytime TV. And I remember just being numb because remember we could have still had sex. And just the fact that he wasn't even like trying, which I know now that he was going through his own thing, but he wasn't even trying to like, you know, flirt or anything. Mm-hmm. I was just sitting there numb. And at some point I um went upstairs and just cried again. And, and he came upstairs and going to check on me. And that's when I finally just said, listen, I've been holding it together for you, but this isn't happening. Mm-hmm. We're one more month behind on where we thought we'd be. And right. Us, I just need to break down for a minute.
0: Mm-hmm. Understandable. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so it was at that point we got through that, but I, again, our relationship was already kind of struggling mm-hmm. and I knew it stuff wasn't going to be better. So it was at that point when I kept even more in from him and we just really deteriorated. And I truly, I, I got depressed again when I say again I don't know if it ever left it's, it's how right it right is now it's um, always looming <laughs> yeah we we truly fell apart
0: yeah I yeah. can relate to that so hard as, yeah, as everybody knows you know yeah I had a real hard time with it too and I feel like with relationships it's usually like people either really like glue together and like come together or like break apart there's kind of no gray areas it's, because it's such a intense, traumatic situation so often, you know?
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah. i heard you talk about that. And I, I appreciate that. Yeah. We're that's... Vince
0: and I are not good in chaos. We're just not, are <laughs> not good in conflict. We're just not.
1: Yeah. And it's, is that, and, you know, it's, I don't know. Is that, you? have we talked about this? Are you an Enneagram person?
0: <laughs> I don't know what my Enneagram is. I should though. Uh, so no, I don't dead. think we've talked about it.
1: Uh, then you're, then you're, Maybe not an enneagram person because I feel like if you are, you like right. know your, you know everyone. In your yeah, lives. right. Uh, our our two enneagrams when it comes to conflict react the complete opposite, which is I want to like conquer it, handle it, and he wants to avoid it. Mm,
0: mm-hmm. And
1: that was definitely what was showing up. And also, we, you know, one thing that made us fall in love or into each other was respecting each other's independence. Mm. And so neither of us knew how to ask for help. Neither of us knew how to say. Right really in a hard time, because if I it, that would make me then a different person from who you married, you know mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but we but we both really needed help. We both were struggling because it was unexplained, but he still thought that there was maybe something wrong with him. I still mm-hmm. thought there was maybe something wrong with me. and and honestly, when it comes to unexplained, I think the knowledge and research just isn't out there yet. um right, but it's yeah, true. I mean, we just didn't know how to how to ask for help and so we we were falling apart and, and we were about, I mean and when i say falling apart i'm not just talking like fighting all the time like real like i don't know if i can do this with you anymore yeah like yeah. sleep staying at my parents for a minute okay. like it was pretty low pretty bad um, yeah Well, thank you this, for
0: sharing that
1: yeah and it was and, and and you know what this friend i told you about the high school friend you you're, um she's she back actually, oh no okay she had actually said in the conversation, when she talked about Clomid and IUIs, she'd also said, and it's very hard on your relationship. But remember, we survived the pandemic. So I was like, I don't really know what she means about that. And We're good. Yeah. To anyone out there, I will say it is very hard on your relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was so that that institute another break, if you will, another break in trying because we were like, I don't even know if I to, I don't even want to do this with you. Why would I have a kid with you? <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So after after a lot of separation, after uh, I did at this point, I now have a therapist and a psychiatrist because I I got medication. Mm-hmm. Okay. After again working on myself and truly thinking about what I wanted, I got to the place sooner than he did of truly knowing like I want us to still be together. I want to be with you. Um, I got there before him. But that's because I had done a lot of my own self work that he eventually started to do as well. But because I had made that decision first, and I'm the planner, I also found us a marriage counselor. So we, so at this point, I'm seeing a therapist, a psychiatrist, and we see a marriage counselor. Um, medication. Due to that's so
0: medication. awesome that you're like taking matters into your own hands. You know, I I,
1: I have to. <laughs> that's yeah, my personality type. But um, totally. So that, that got us through 2021 and Mm -hmm. we did get through 2021 knowing we want to be together. We will try this again. Mm -hmm. And I think, and I think maybe before the end of the year, we maybe had tried at least one full IUI round because we in, in total, we ended up doing two before we switched here. So, so yeah, so now we're into 2022. We tried a second Truly full through IUI round again, that did not work. And Mm. this time I know what, what the hell Um, now I'm starting to talk about fertility more with people, found another friend who had done it. And her exact words were IUIs are shit (laughs) and kind of like laughed at, not laughed at me, but laughed with me at like, Hey, like it might, it, Bless your heart, IUIs might not work. It didn't for me. And it, it was, and, and I hope I might be making her sound cold, but it, no, it was very, very supportive. Mm-hmm. We had planned a trip in March to Mexico to have something to look forward to.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I was like, either we'll be celebrating that I'm pregnant or we will, you know, be taking a break. It was taking a break and we did all the things. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the car ride coming on the way, on the car ride on that trip going back, to the airport I started crying cuz I had realized that I truly had allowed myself to separate for this and I was like when we go back home I'm just going to be back in it again and right I don't want yeah. I don't want to stop um because because having those close calls something that no one else talks about either um you know cuz people will tell you like you know, why don't you adopt? And I don't know if you feel this way, but you are putting out a lot of money and you, you're you almost a little embarrassed. I felt a little sometimes embarrassed that we were continuing to try. But what people don't realize is it's not that anyone tells you it's going to take this long. In fact, every single time you even more are picturing your child and your new life.
0: Right. Plus when people say, well, first, before we get into that, I just want to say for on the IUI tip, I do have a handful of friends that have IUI babies. So don't, don't want to feel them, you know, like feeling left that out a, that it's, that is a, know. that
1: is a very good point And, and bless um, their hearts. That, yes, and that's so awesome that do work you work know, for some people.
0: Exactly. Um, but also um, the adoption thing, it's like, God, first of all, it's not that easy when people are like, Oh, there's all these, I mean, that's such a like boneheaded way right. to be like, just adopt, you know, everybody listening to the show knows that, and, you know, right. they, because everyone's in this world, but you know, it's just, it infuriates me when people say that, like, it's like some simple answer and it's just, obviously it's just not.
1: Yeah. And also, and also, uh, again, the Mexico trip, the the amount of people were like, well, you know, that's when it happens and it's it's getting to the point where you're like, dude, it's, it's not fucking happening. Like lighten Mm -hmm. up, like, just don't say it's not, it's not happening. Right. Um, and thank you back to the IUI thing. Again, that high school friend, she actually never made it to the IVF round because she got pregnant off IUI so oh, okay um, so it, it, it is important to say because it's around this time also I think I found rally because I, yes. really, I feel like the circle just starts to get smaller like it's like I'm I'm trying to have kids and there's so many people who, are, who have also tried to have kids before it's taking longer and you know so many people who have it's tried to take longer oh we're going to have to go through IUI and now you know, people who have gotten pregnant off that. So with each extra step it took, it felt like my sphere of people who have been there with me was getting smaller. Totally. Um. So I am glad I found rally because some people do, that's all they need and we need to go further. And I, I, the amount of people I knew who had IVF, it was even smaller. And then at this point in time, I don't have, a, I don't have a single close friend outside of the rally members who mm-hmm. needed to do IVF the way that we had to do IVF, actually. Um, mm-hmm. So I would have felt so alone had I not found this group. And I think I did find this group around this time at 2022. I think I found
0: it. Yes. That. I remember when you joined and I was so glad when you started showing up at the meetings and, you know, you were always just so awesome. And it was, you know, you're very open and I think you made everybody feel really comfortable no matter what they were going through, you know, that that you had everybody's back and that you were willing to share and it helped other people feel comfortable and all that stuff. So I'm so glad you're a Rally fam member and now one Thank of my dear you. friends.
1: Thank um, you. Yes.
0: Yeah. And if anybody's listening that doesn't know, Fertility Rally is open all the time now. And, you know, we're always oh, okay. welcoming I- new members. You know, we have groups for general infertility. We have pregnancy after infertility groups, motherhood after infertility groups, you know, and a lot of our rally members that have gone on to have babies are still in the group because they, you know, want to still have that connection with people who've gone through this very specific experience of infertility or trying to conceive and running up against problems. So anyway. Okay. So tell me what happened with you and your, your hubby next.
1: Yes. So, um, so at this point we are, oh, okay. So, so I started crying anyway, but got back home, got back into action and in gear and, um, had talked to my doctor at this point. Cause now it's been, um, over two years and I'm not getting any younger. About, yeah. um, How old were you at this point? At this point, I'm 32 mm-hmm. okay. going on, going on 33. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So not getting younger. So at this point I went back and, 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 and I, um, our original intention was to do three rounds of IUI because our our doctor had said I think I think in in three maybe something should happen. Well, I said I'm not getting younger. I think I want to freeze my eggs. She said, "Well, eggs are stronger than embryos, and that process is very similar to IVF. So, do you want to think about just moving on to IVF?" Mm-hmm. And so it took so it took some time to explore what that would look like because I was like, "Oh crap!" Like this IUI already took up a lot. Um, totally. um do I want, do I want to do this? But we, we agreed and we decided, and by the way, at this point, we, we, my husband and I are also much better. And I want to say that you said, uh, I appreciate that you say I was a helpful addition to rally, but as you're hearing, I could only be that way. Cause I'd done so much self-work, you know, at that point, but yeah, so 2022, we did the egg retrieval, which in my opinion, I think is harder than the transfer, harder physically, uh, transfers are more emotionally hard was like, I can do this. This is it. They tell you it's not guaranteed. I mean, they tell you you're bringing your statistic just up to 50%. They tell you all this. And yet I was so positive. (laughs) I'm laughing now. I was so optimistic. And so like, this is it. This is our story. It took longer, but we got this. We're going to do this. Right that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and I, and I was just handling it all in such a numbers way. Like, um, I'm a math major and, and Mm -hmm. a type. So when they (laughs) even called us to tell us how many they got, they were so ready in the end, it was 11 that were 11, 11 embryos. And, um, obviously, you know, that number goes down from Yeah. Yeah. Lovely attrition, right? Yeah. Um, It was maybe 11. And then so many went off for for testing. Long story short, we had a healthy number of five or six genetically tested good embryos. And when we had that call about that, they were so ready to talk to me about the ones that we lost. But again, I'm the math person. I was crunching all the numbers the whole time, too. I was just like, no, that's good. Like I had already told myself or prepared myself. I was prepared for four. I'd want to do it again if we only had three. So I think we ended up with five. Cause I remember I was like, so five, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I feel very good about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, it's going our way. It's going our way. Positive, positive, positive. We do, we do the transfer. I'm like, we, do, we don't tell some of my close friends when we do the transfer. I even tell my mom, I don't want to tell you when we do the transfer. I just want to be in that space by myself a trip that involves going down to a friend's wedding and, and seeing if I can go to Qu- the quest diagnostic down there. Cause we mm-hmm. want to know, but the quest, like we went to the one quest that doesn't do their own testing. They had to send it off to another lab. Anyway, long story short, I'm on the plane ride back from Dallas. I sit next to a surrogate. I'm like, I'm she's like, Oh, you're from St. Louis. And I'm like, yeah, what brings you St. Louis? She's like, I'm going to get pregnant. And I, uh, pray to God. I'm like, I hope this isn't a sign. <laughs> this is a sign that you've introduced me to the okay. She was lovely though, by the way, we still talk. Um, That's so cool. Yeah. But um, it didn't work. Our, 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 our IVF did not stick. And I was devastated. I was, de- that crushed me. I was devastated. I'm we, so
0: sorry. That's so hard to get that call.
1: It was, it was so hard. I did not fully recover from that. Uh, we had paid for the two transfer package. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So I I knew, so that was good because I knew mentally I would always do it again, but, but I, I, I needed a break and breaks. I mean, any woman out there breaks are good. So it broke me. I thought I could go right into the next round. We even started, I started the meds again and I was in an appointment just so numb, Mm -hmm. just feeling nothing in the stirrups. And, and I, I was like, I need to, I'm not ready. I still need to take a break. Yeah. And so, so we took that break and I did still, and I, and I did eventually, I set a date for when I wanted to resume. I was like, I need to take a break. I just need at least a month, took a month off, did a second IVF round. At this point, my husband and I were communicating so well that I said, I can do this. I can't be the optimistic one. I need you to be optimistic for me because I need that energy. Mm Mm-hmm. And I remember him saying, Oh, I get why you're optimistic. This is kind of fun. And then when it didn't work, I remember saying, Oh, I get why you're not. You don't have a spar to fall. Aww. And it, yeah, it didn't work again. So, okay. at this point, again, I'm not getting any younger. We've used two embryos. Yeah. I make the so decision. you did
0: two or three IUIs and two IVFs at this point. We have, we have done
1: it. We have done. We have done two full IUIs. But remember, I had prepped for a third. Right. IUI, Got it. Happened. Okay. Yeah. We've done two IUIs. I had prepped it's my body so for a third IUI. It's so much. So much. Yep. Oh. Oh. I've I've gained at this point. I've probably gained like thirty pounds. Mm, yeah. Um. Don't I? I'm happy that I work was getting me through. I I felt like work, this is just for me was the only thing that I could do. Well, I was like, I'm, I'm good at this still. Mm -hmm. I'm not good. I'm not good at anything else right now. And, uh, I made the hard decision. It's hard on your body, but also financially, but I, I was able to do it that we would do a second retrieval. So December of 2020, we did just some exploratory. So that's when we started doing all the stuff that I I know rally people have heard of. And you guys advertise, we did Emma, Alice, you know, ERA receptive. We did, we did all the tests, Mm -hmm. all came back. Lovely. She said I had a lovely uterus or whatever. Uh, Mm -hmm. They
0: kind of feel like like, cool, cool, cool. Where's my baby?
1: At at this point now, remember at first bittersweet, unexplained at this point now I wanted something. Because what are we going to do differently? Exactly. There's nothing really for us to do differently. Um, yeah.
0: I think anybody purposes. who's been diagnosed with unexplained yeah. can relate to what you just said that, you know, like yeah. like we were talking about before. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Educational purposes, I'll mention that the first IVF round was fully medicated because I was like, let's just jumpstart it. The second time I wanted to be easier in my body. So we did a modified natural IVF cycle which, which is a little bit less shots. I, 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 cause you, cause I was taking the letrozole again, like I did for IUI, but you do then you still need to take shots to, to get your body to where you need for the IVF and the follicles and all that stuff. Anyway, but yeah, nothing found, nothing. And decided in January we would do our third IVF round. And our doctor had always said, I really do think just with your numbers, I really do think that, you know, it could happen in, in three but I knew I wanted multiple kids, so we we decided to do another retrieval again. I'm not now. I now I'm 33,
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> not getting younger. Let's let's do that, which is nerve wracking because you try not to compare because it was a little different than right. the first time. but I just kept telling myself we only need we don't need as many, you know. And and it and it and it did turn out okay, and we did get not as many, but we didn't need as many.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We did our transfer february 14th my husband and i had been very good by this point february the day before our transfer i think i was just anxious huge fight
0: okay and this is valentine's day right
1: it's the day before valentine's day i know okay. we're on valentine's day so it, the night before on the 13th huge fight yeah i realize now it was my nerves i think totally uh, plus I'm still jacked up on hormones, <laughs> like all that. So I think it was my nerves, but I, I, mean, I, I mean, I texted my doctor and my nurse, which uh, bless their hearts. Like they're like, use this for emergencies. And I was not, um, I was texting them all the time. But mm-hmm. the next day when we went in for the transfer and he and I are hardly talking, but I'm still like, I'm doing this for me. They, uh, the the doctor was kind of like, are you ready? And I'm, and in my head, I'm like, oh, I think she got my text and and respectfully ignored me, and it was the right thing to do that she ignored me because I was just panicking. I was like, I don't think I can do this. I don't, let's reschedule. Let's not do it. I was very nervous.
0: So you had sent her a text and was like, forget oh, it. It's not oh, yeah. happening. I
1: sent her a text in the middle of the night. I was like, I don't think I can do it. I'm not ready. I I can't. I can't. Um, but I think I was just nervous and anxious because if it doesn't work again, what does our life look like? How many more rounds can I do? How much more can I take? How many emotional letdowns? But yeah, we transferred on the 14th and she stuck. We chose not to find out the genders until later because that seemed hard to me to know what we were losing. Yeah. We did finally find out the gender um, after we transferred. I felt like it was fitting that she was a woman. (laughs) Oh, it was fitting that she was the fighter and she stuck. Tell me about finding out
0: that you were pregnant. What did you, did you early test or did you wait for the call? or what I, did could
1: you? Not, I could not early test and bless the heart of people who do, but I'm like, there's, for me, I'm like, there's no win here <laughs> because it's going to be positive and I will not believe it or it'll be a bigger let that if it's wrong, or if it's going to be negative and I'll just know sooner. And I just want to live in that bliss. So I, I, I actually never was an early tester.
0: Um, Same. Yeah. I could not. So I get it though. I see both sides of it. I just was, I was terrified of a false positive or a false negative.
1: All of it. Yeah. you know, All of it. Yeah. I could not. Um, I know some people say like, they're like, I want to know the time for me. Um, So I got the call from the doctor while I was at work. I answered and I didn't even let her say hello. I just was like, I can't do this right now. Call my husband. (laughs) And then she was like, the and I was like, Can you can you just call him? So she's like, Okay, she called him. He called me and he was like, Are you where are you sitting down or where? And I was like, Yeah. And he was like, You're pregnant. I just and got the chills. Yeah. And I, you know, cried and went home from work early, and we just sat in that together. And as anyone who's gone through it knows, the anxiety didn't stop from there, but I still it still was just yeah. It's it's amazing, and for me, I've never been pregnant, so for me, I don't think I stopped having anxiety till she was here. But mm-hmm. what I did to deal with it was every week I was like, "This is further than you gotten before. This is mm-hmm. further than you got before." I just kept telling myself that in in case anything happened that went wrong, which would be devastating. But I kept telling myself, "You your body can do this. You know, this is you've gotten one step further." Totally. Um, you have
0: to take it just sometimes one day at a time, one hour at a time, even, yeah. you know, we talk about that fertility rally a lot, the anxiety of pregnancy after infertility, you know, let's, let's dive into that a little bit more. What did that look like for you? Like, were you like constantly checking when you wiped and, you know, like terrified yeah. that you weren't going to feel her move as it progressed, like all that stuff? What, what was yeah. it like for you?
1: Yeah. So the beginning, the, and when I say beginning, the first eight to 10 weeks before you graduate, quote unquote, really was blissful. Cause I was just like, you've, you've gotten here, you've gotten here, you've, you've never gotten here. Mm-hmm. But then once I graduated, once I had that first OBGYN appointment, which they, they want you to then go four weeks. I'm like, uh, uh-uh. uh," like I, I had, it and I was like, I need to see you sooner than every four weeks. And she, and she did allow, I, I want to shout out that I advocated for myself and all of my providers were never one of my struggles because I know that some women struggle with that. So make sure you find a good fit. Like they were always, they always had my back in every step of the way, but. um, That's so good to
0: ask for what you want. And are you available if (laughs) someone isn't good at like, doesn't, isn't good at making those calls? Like, you call and be like, hi, oh. this is
1: uh Ali Prado. Oh, <laughs> but it's actually oh, oh. you. <laughs> oh, 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 anytime, especially any any rally member who signs up. If you need me to be like, listen, but and book those calls for you, I will. I'll talk to you. I husband. feel
0: like I'd do anything you asked. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> yes.
1: But um so anyway, once we had that OBG appointment when in theory we should be in the clear. No, I actually realized I went through a little PTST PTSD. PTSD And a little brief moment of sadness, because then I was just like, I think everything that you were, that I was using to hold it together, finally, I just had a moment of just like, like when my body relaxed, the emotions Mm -hmm. flooded. And even though I was pregnant, that's when then, yeah, the wiping and the checking and the like, oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. came. And I had to, so that was another thing I had to deal with and process and talk through. And then finally second trimester, I think is when I'm laughing. Cause it's like you, you never in until she's here, you ever really calm. But that's when I finally started to think I didn't have to wipe and kicking. The first kick is also bittersweet because you know, the first kick they they're not kicking all the time. So the first kick was great to feel, but then I was like, well, I haven't felt her in a, in a long time, baby girl, like kick again, you know, but then, but then we got to the point where she was kicking all the time. And Hmm. Yeah. And she's here. She's eight weeks old now. Oh my
0: gosh. Tell me about her and when you were finally able to hold her in your arms.
1: Um, Well, I want to say that she was actually born on her due date, which I I guess like statistically. Wow. That's wild. It is. I I feel like that was setting the stage for, I told you I was coming on the second and I'm coming (laughs) on the second because I was, I think it's it's hard to say this, um, which is why I'm glad that we had the Pregnant after infertility group, but I didn't really like being pregnant. So, so I Which was, is an
0: interesting thing too, when you've gone through infertility and you'd work yeah. so hard to get there. And then when you're and then it's, it's, I know people feel guilty, I admitting did, that, yeah. you know, yeah. and that's why part of the reason, like you said, we have the pregnancy after infertility group and rally is because you can say those things and people are like, I get it, you know? Yeah.
1: But because I didn't never- really like it. I definitely was trying to do all the wives tales to get her to come early. She did it. She came on the second and oh my gosh, it's a, it's a love that I didn't know existed. And I feel so blessed to be at this point. And you, and you, you do, I'm not going to lie. You then do still feel some guilt for Mm -hmm. the people still going through it. It's like survivor's guilt or something, right? Oh, for sure. Complete, Mm -hmm. completely. And that, and that's yeah. well, that's
0: because you're an empathetic, sweet person, Kristen. You know, like thank, thank that's you. of uh, course you're gonna feel for your fellow TTC, you know, brothers and sisters who are going through this that haven't gotten there yet. It's hard, it is hard.
1: But yeah, that all brings us to I'm I'm so happy and life-changed and, and and blessed. And yet, again, that's where that is a full circle to the passion comes in because I do still feel for. People still going through it, and and wherever it leads you, and I, because I know sometimes you might say, "I am done. Like I can't do this anymore," and, and I, I'm respectful of that too. That mm-hmm. this is what worked for us, and I'm glad it worked out. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Everyone's everyone's story is different, but yeah.
0: So what would you say to someone who's listening right now that is new to this world? Maybe this is the first episode of this podcast they've listened to even, you know, what do you know now that you wish you knew then? Or what kind of words do you have for somebody who's, you know, really in the shit right now, really in the thick of it, having a hard time?
1: For anyone who's really in the thick of it, having a hard time, I really do think you need to, I I emphasize the self-work I did, and I really do think you need to find what you need for you to get through. Like, and, and, you know, mine was talking to people, yours might be just journaling. It's okay to say no to those baby showers. It's okay to say no from some social media, which I did. It's okay to say no to um, some family gatherings. It's, I I remember joining rally, which I also recommend. um, But I remember saying to a woman at some point, it is just like, like, we're, we're all just trying to survive. We're just trying to survive. And so I, I, it's give yourself grace and don't judge anything you do to survive. Anything you do that's healthy, you know, <laughs> healthy for yourself um, to survive. I think that'd be my biggest piece of advice because when you do that and you're your best self, I think you will be able to advocate yourself. You'll be able to ask questions. You'll be able to like, just think clearly, but I think that that's what you need to do first, whatever that looks like, which could be eating clean. It could be eating, you know. A burger every day. I, I I by no means did everything exactly as they say. It could be stopping drinking. It could be having wine up till or here and there while you're, but you you gotta just we're we're surviving. You truly are surviving.
0: Thank you so much for listening guys. As you know, if you want to join fertility rally, we would love to have you. We welcome everybody, no matter what you're going through. We have people who are going through pretty much anything you can think of, and you are definitely going to find somebody or multiple people to connect with on that. We've got five to six virtual support groups per week for all different kinds of things. We've got a three Facebook groups We've got an online uh, website with full of resources and videos. All of our past rally live videos are up there now. So if you become a member, you have access to all of this stuff. It's really the place and the stuff that I wish I had when I was going through it. So if you want to join, go to fertilityrally.com. Our doors are open always now. And we have a monthly membership. We have an annual membership. You can DM us at fertility rally on Instagram. If you have any questions or you can email the fertility rally at gmail.com. And I will answer your email there if you have any questions. So we'd love to have you. Kristen is a member, as she talked about. So many of our members, you know, say that it's just something that really has helped them through their journey, which means the world to me and my co-founder Blair so guys, check us out. Also, please uh, check out my book, which is called Work of Art. And you can find that at infertileafgroup.com slash books. It's a book about IVF and secondary infertility and miscarriage and family building. And it's not too heavy, though. Don't worry. It's a children's book. It's very cute and it's very sweet. And I'm so proud of it. So thank you all for If you've ordered it already and posted about it and shared it with your friends and all that. Um, so check it out. And again, let me know if you have any questions. Okay. That's my ramble. Thank you guys for listening. I'll talk to you next time.